thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Now let me ask you something tonight. How are you getting ready in this period of Lent? Have you actually given up anything? People give up a range of things, so they can give up things like alcohol, diet coke, social media, even using the TV control, um, hot showers, sleeping in a comfy bed. Some of those might be a bit out there for you. But really the whole purpose of this season of Lent is not about what we give up externally. It's about the preparation of our hearts for what God has for us in this season. As we move towards remembering and receiving his great sacrifice love at Easter time. And in the traditional church's calendar, the first weekend of Lent really focuses on the confession of sin. And I don't want you to miss out. So I just thought in this intimate atmosphere of the Life Central midweek, it would be a brilliant opportunity just where you are in your living rooms to turn to the person next to you and start confessing your sin. No, really, I really don't want you to do that, but I bet that's woken you up a bit. But what I would love to do today is to focus on what the church looks at in the second weekend of Lent. And that is the amazing event of the transfiguration of Jesus. This is one of the most significant events. It's written in three out of the four gospels and it occurs three years into Jesus's three and a half year ministry. What happens is that Jesus takes three of his disciples up to Mount Toreb to pray. They fall, as they fall asleep after they've been praying and when they wake up, they see Jesus transfigured. They see him in his heavenly glory with their physical eyes. And as we look into this account tonight, I believe that there are really significant messages, both for us as individuals as we prepare our hearts and get ready in this time, but also for us as a church. And I'm going to be reading from the account of in Matthew 17. But before I do that, I'd love just to create a bit of a context. I think it's really helpful to understand the immediate events prior to um, the event of the Transfiguration. Now, in Matthew 16, Peter had just professed his faith in Christ as Lord. The penny had dropped for Peter. So this teacher that he'd been walking with, he'd seen Jesus do miracles. He'd participated in the miracles, but the penny had finally dropped that this was the Messiah. This was the Lord Jesus and the Christ. And he professed him as his Lord and Saviour, which was amazing. But also Jesus had told his disciples of his passion. He'd foretold them of his death and then his eventual resurrection. And to be honest, the disciples were in disarray. This did not compute with their Jewish mindset. They'd been waiting for the Messiah. And in their minds, the Messiah should not be dying in this time period. So they were offended. They were scandalized by this. And it is after these events that we hear and we read the, event, the uh, account of the transfiguration. So I'm just going to read from Matthew 17, starting at verse 1. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. Just then appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said, Lord, it's great for us to be here, but if you wish, I will build three shelters, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son 
whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face downward to the ground. They were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them and said, get up, do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. So Jesus has taken three of his most influential disciples up to Mount Toreb to pray. And I think that this was his strategy to get his disciples back on side because he knew that their faith was rocked because of the announcement of his forthcoming death. And the actual Greek word for transfiguration is more like our word metamorphosis. And we see that for a short time, the earthly veil was removed and the disciples saw with their physical eyes the heavenly glory of Jesus. Two people appeared with him, Moses, the giver of the Old Testament law, and Elijah, one of the greatest prophets. And there is so much message and revelation in this. God was revealing Jesus as his son, fully man and fully God. And in his offering of his life for mankind, Jesus fulfilled what the law could never do. The law could never bring holy God and sinful man together. But Jesus ended the divide between man and God by becoming the perfect sacrifice for our sins. There are so many layers of message and significance in this, but I want to pull out two points tonight. And the first point that I noticed when I looked at this was the absolute kindness of Jesus, restoring the disciples' faith and hope in him by giving them this amazing revelation of who he really is. He gave them this view as kind of a preview of what was to come in his passion, but also as a way of revelation to keep them going in the next period of their lives, to strengthen them so that they would follow him in the difficult time coming up as they walked with him to his death and then through to his resurrection. He knew that their faith in him was rocked, but because he is the kindness, most sensitive, resourceful teacher in Lord, he invited them to see his heavenly glory, to strengthen their faith, to strengthen their conviction, to strengthen their hope in him and to have belief in his eternal plan of salvation, even when the events in front of them really didn't make sense. And I wonder if you are at a point in your faith right now that you need a fresh revelation of God. I wonder if you are at a point where you feel your faith has been rocked. Has your faith been disturbed by events in your life that just don't make sense? We're nearly a year into restrictions and COVID and there has just been so much to rock our worlds. Loss, change, bereavement and massive, massive uncertainty. And sometimes we kind of get stuck. We kind of get offended like the the disciples were were at what God is doing. Things don't make sense. Things don't compute. It hurts our minds. It hurts our hearts and it hurts our spirits. And really, if we're honest, we think this is really not the deal that I signed up for. So perhaps like the disciples, you need a fresh revelation of God to increase your faith, to increase your hope and to increase your belief in him for the next stage of your journey. You may not need or get a transfiguration moment, but God always wants to give and reveal enough about him of grace and truth for your next stage of your journey so that you're strengthened to walk with him. And Ephesians 3, 16 to 19, Paul reveals the father heart of God to us. So let me read this for you now. 
Paul says this, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your innermost being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have the power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, just a point on receiving revelation. I wonder if you're a bit like me when this happens. You know, I can feel that I've heard God. I may, you know, there may be a promise. You know, I might have been praying or I may have been reading the word or connecting in with a service and something just drops in my spirit. And I think, yeah, that's what God has for me. But when I receive that revelation, what happens is that my mind can't hold it. My emotions go into turmoil and I easily battle against insecurity and fear and unbelief. I wonder if you're a bit like that. But look at what Jesus says to his disciples. He instinctively knew that they were struggling with fear at the point of revelation at his transfiguration. And what he says to them so quickly and so kindly is do not fear. And I believe that God would say that to you. When you have your revelation, do not fear. Let those words war against those emotions that would battle against your belief. So what remains is the revelation of God for you. And remember, if we have revelation from God, no weapon that is formed against us can prosper. Now, the second point that I want to dwell on, um, this really amazed me. And it's not really about the response of the disciples to seeing Jesus metamorphosize, but it's actually in Jesus' response to them afterwards when they want to build shelters and to remember what had happened. He quickly says to the disciples, do not be afraid, get up. He doesn't want them to build a memorial. He doesn't want to enshrine that amazing revelatory experience. But what he encourages them to do is to get up and be ready to move with him. He then, as we read in Matthew 17, he leads them down to the mountain to where the crowds have gathered. And then he and the disciples listen to the crowds as they say, Lord, have mercy on this person. Lord, have mercy on this family who don't have enough food in the holidays. Lord, have mercy on this young person who's struggling with mental health during lockdown. Lord, have mercy on my neighbour who doesn't yet know you. Lord, have mercy on my relative who is in ICU fighting COVID. Lord, have mercy. Now, I wonder, I would expect that if any of us saw Jesus in his heavenly form with our physical eyes, I think it would be entirely appropriate for us to be lying face down on the ground in awe and wonder and reverential fear of God. That is completely natural. And isn't it our human tendency that we want to hold on to the good and build something so that we always have that memory? Why do we take photos so much? When we see something beautiful or good or something that we want to remember, we take a photo. We want to hold on to that memory. But Jesus doesn't say do that. He says, do not fear, get up and walk with me. And I think Jesus is showing us here a very profound picture of how God builds his kingdom through us moving with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit cannot be contained in structures. We cannot build memorials to what the Holy Spirit has done. 
But what Jesus invites us to here is to follow when we have a nudge or, a, um, you know, when we want to move with his Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit leads us so that we can be part and partner with God of building in building his kingdom on earth. And we can't follow, we can't move if we are lying down. We have to get up, we have to rise up as Jesus invited his disciples to. Now, I often think that God kind of shows us a spiritual truth in the um, physical realm. For example, we have four seasons and we know if we've been walking with God for a while, we know there is kind of seasons in our spiritual lives. So I kind of thought here, what happens with our physical bodies if we lie down for long periods? Can we learn anything about our spiritual life in this? So I did a bit of research and I found a lady called Dr. Jo Joan Bernicos, who was the Director of Life Science at NASA until 2020, and she looked at the um, effect of gravity when we lie down for too long. And she found that gravity, when we're lying down for too long, it has a kind of equal effect across the whole of our body. She found that if people lie down for too long, the effect of gravity on their bodies is really negative and they age prematurely and they suffer things like diabetes, cardiovascular problems, um, bone loss, muscle wastage. However, when you stand and when you move around, gravity goes from the top of your head to your toes and there are no negative effects of gravity. So I wondered if there is a spiritual lesson here that it is more healthy for us to be standing and ready to move with God rather than lying down for long periods. But perhaps you feel you have been lying down spiritually for a long time and there are loads of valid reasons for that. You know, there might be a loss of a dream, there might be a hurt, there might be an overwhelm of circumstance, there might be great grief and pain. There are lots of valid reasons why we sometimes lie down too long. But I wonder if there's an invitation from Jesus here tonight for you, if you feel you've been lying down spiritually for too long. You know, perhaps Jesus would lovingly say, do not be afraid and get up. This is a declaration from heaven of what God wants to do on the inside of your spirit. You've been down too long. It's time for you to stand with him. And we can't just afford to exist as Christians. So why not dig deep with God, bring to the surface whatever has held you down and let him heal you so that you too can stand like the disciples and you can rise up. Don't lie down for too long. Let Jesus heal you and let you respond to what he says when he lovingly says to the disciples, do not be afraid and get up. Now, I'm coming into land in a little while, but one thing that we've really seen in this time of COVID is that the church has risen up. Um, we've been moved by compassion and we've tried to meet some of the needs of those in our communities. During COVID, there's been much brokenness, much need in our communities. And just as Jesus said to his disciples, do not be afraid and move down the mountain. So we have tried to move and reach out towards our communities. And we've been trying to show mercy, just as Jesus listened to those people when they said, Lord, have mercy on. And I'm sure that you've heard the cries of people around you. And there are many people that you could say, Lord, have mercy on this person. And I wonder if his invitation to us tonight 
after we've asked for and received a fresh revelation of who he is, after we've heard his comforting voice that says, do not be afraid, after we've joined him in walking down the mountain to the crowds that so desperately need him. So as a church, why do we not, why sh can we not continue to rise up and be part of the mission of the Holy Spirit to bring the compassion and to bring the kingdom of God to those around us? And let's walk with him and see who we can bring to him and say, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy on my friend. Have mercy on my children. Have mercy on my neighbour. Have mercy onto that person in, that, in the community. So we're going to move into a time now of worship. We're going to be singing a beautiful, beautiful song called Holy Ground. And I would really encourage you that whatever has resonated within your heart tonight, for you to start just talking to God about in this song. You may feel that your faith has been challenged and you're in a bit of disarray and you need a fresh revelation of the grace and truth of Jesus for you in your life. So ask him for it. You may feel that you've been spiritually lying down for too long and you want to rise up. You don't want to give in to the fear. Perhaps put, you know, just reach towards the thing that has kept you down and bring that to Jesus and he will heal you so that you can rise up. Perhaps you feel that you are in that place of standing up, that you are ready then perhaps you want to be walking with the rest of the church as we reach out in compassion to the communities around us. Whatever has resonated with your heart tonight, during this beautiful song, Holy Ground, why don't you just talk to the Lord about it and see what he has for you as we prepare our hearts in this season for what God has for us. <laughs> 